What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Perfection Podcast. I'm joined here with my host, Matt Souza, and first guest, uh, Craig White. Uh, he is part of the Golf Spot Group. Um, so if you guys are in any parts of the Bay Area, check out the Golf Garage or the Golf Spot. Get your guys' game dialed in. So that being said, getting your game dialed in, we're going to talk about scoring low. So um, I'm going to get my mid-handicapper tips that I go by to, you know, not not shoot 90s. But then what I think everyone really wants to hear is from both of these teaching professionals on what they advise their students uh, to do in order to go low. So that being said, uh, real quick for my personal scoring tips, and then maybe you guys can riff on it if it's like something that you think should be, uh, you know, advised to other people. Like one of my, my tips that I kind of stole from a conversation with Matt is establishing you know, that really simple toe-to-toe putting stroke to understand the speed of how far that toe-to-toe putting is going at any course. So I think, Matt, we were talking about this on another podcast, and I took this to heart, and I've been putting pretty well, is that at home, I practice all the time my toe-to-toe putting stroke. I kind of know it goes like 10 feet on, on my putting practice mat. But then when I go out to the course, I do that same thing. If it's going way faster than 10 feet, I know, oh, shoot, you know, if I have a 15 footer toe to toe is maybe like as far as I want to go. And that's been, you know, really helpful in terms of establishing speed. So I think that's kind of getting speed down for your putting and getting into a routine to know how that baseline is, is something that I suggest people do. And that's kind of like my first tip in terms of trying to score better is like getting that putting speed down. So Matt, I don't know if I, I think you mentioned to me, or I don't know if that's something that you've mentioned before, but I'm pretty sure I stole that from you. No, yeah, that, but that's been around for, I stole it from somebody else years and years and years sure. ago, right? Um, for, for me, and I, th- I think with scoring, golf is not a prettiest golf swing contest, right? If not, I know I would definitely lose, right? I know there's things that I'm doing that I'd like to do differently, but what I can do is effective, right? And there's so many different golf swings out there that prove the same. But when you get halfway down to halfway, you know, halfway down to impact, that's really what matters. So it is how do we take what we have and manage it on the golf course? And for me, it's knowing what you can do and knowing what you can't do, mm, right? Your capabilities and abilities if, if, on if, the course. If you don't hit a hook, then and that's you got you got you know hazard to one side or the other. Play the shot that you play the shot that you know. Have that one staple shot that you can hit under pressure that's going to make it there, right? I always say like, look, like. The difference between having 60 yards in and having 100 yards in, you're actually going to score better from 100 unless you're super dialed in from 60 because 60 is not a full swing, Mm. right? So why are you going to pull three wood with hazard out there if you know that maybe one out of like maybe, well, maybe like let's say 10 out of 12 aren't getting to that green? right? Sure. It becomes an ego thing for me to get there, right? If you're managing your scorecard and you're just trying to put together a good round, I know it sounds terrible, but lay up, right? Mm, Lay up and and know what you can do, right? Um, I think that's big for me. I think my scoring tips are always break the scorecard down into three holes, Three holes, three holes, three holes. For my competitive players, we always go over it before the rounds. Okay. I want you to look at those three holes by three holes and give me a number of what you're going to shoot on those three holes. And then we have something to match on because there's way too many people out there that will, they get to the fourth hole, they're seven over, right? <laughs> and they mentally check out until the turn. 
right? And by the time they get to the turn, now they're 12 or 13 over, right? So instead, if you blow it on hole two, great, we start again at hole four. I see. Okay, so like, you know, micromanaging the three holes at a time it's, to really dial in your focus. It, it, it dials in focus, right? Yeah. And again, it always goes back to, to that. And, and again, like, don't protect... Like there's too many people, especially you start getting into more like competitive players, right? Where you're protecting what you have. Whoa, I've never been two under before. I'm mm -hmm. gonna protect this. Next thing you know, you're four over, right? Rather than just be like, okay, instead of trying to protect what I had three holes ago, start a new three. Let's just try to go even but here. But now right? I'm yeah. more like foot on the gas ah. because I, I tell my competitive players all the time, 65 sounds a whole lot better than 68. It does. When you're telling stories, if you say I shot 65, <laughs> that's a great number. Right. Got so to, to, to not be afraid, you know, because one of the things, you know, something I stole from Tiger Woods years and years and years ago is don't fail to fear. Don't right. fail to fear. Right. Half of this game is how confident you are in what you are doing. Got it. Got it. All right. So, Craig, what about you? Any particular tips that come to your mind when you're advising players like on, on how to go lower anything in general? So when it, you know, to piggyback on what you're saying about the toe to toe with putting, you know, for me. You know, especially, you know, some of my high, you know, whether they're high level, mid level beginners, um, you know, speed's obviously the most important critical part of putting. All right. Kevin Kisner even says, you know, I think I heard him say something one time on the auto broadcast that um, he just tries to nestle it close if it goes in great because um, speed's the most important thing to him. Um, but, you know, what I tell my players to do is establish a baseline on a green. Okay. Right. So you're going to find, let's say, a medium, medium pace green, like a local course that, you know, it's most commonly you have. And let's say your stroke is, you know, grip length, grip length, um, and you hit it 10 feet every single time. Okay. And then you go to a course with really fast greens. Okay. You're not, you're not going there that day trying to say, okay, I'm going to hit the ball softer. You're going to find out how much shorter your stroke is. Uh, okay. So it's different. I got okay, it, I'm not got softening it. my stroke. I'm, that's where the consistency is. Got it. Um, as far as, you know, lowering your score, I guess, like I said, um, it does depend upon the player, the skill level. You're going to have different advice, like for my tour players versus my beginners and uh, mid-handicaps. Um, course management is an absolute must. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't even matter how good they're swinging the golf club if they don't know how to manage what they're doing on the course, uh, kind of like what Matt was saying. Uh, you have to know your tendencies. If you're okay. in the middle of a swing adjustment, um, it's a great opportunity to go out and test it. You know, we, we're using that golf course not only to enjoy ourselves, but, you know, it's a diagnostic to see if we can trust what we're working on. Mm, got it. Yeah. Um, you know, for a lot of my mid handicappers, I say a lot of strokes are thrown away. Um, obviously, we're all going to miss greens. It just happens. We're all human. Um, I think the tour average for hitting greens is what would be 12 greens in a rig for the tour even. But, you know, to really minimize um, the strokes around the green, you got to be at least decent. Uh, okay. You can't be hitting two or three chips. Uh, you can't be three putting after two or three chips. You're just throwing away strokes. You got to be at least decent. I'm not saying you got to get up and down every time, but you got to be at least decent. Got it. So yeah, like I think it's most strokes are made from 100 yards in. I think 70% you know, of the game is played from 100 yards in. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, some great tips there. So I guess yeah, like I think I'm curious. I mean, they're from both. Like you say, tour players, right? So like, yeah, like what's like just you know a general tip that you give to a tour player of that caliber to like try to save a stroke here or there. But see that you know um, the thing is when you when you work with such high level players that are that are above that like plus three plus four level, you start getting into we're not trying to shave you know 
one or two strokes per round. We're trying to shave a quarter of a stroke per round for four days straight, right? That wow. makes one stroke. That that makes your nine under, ten under. Maybe that's going to be because if you're that good, you're that good already, right? Mm. You've already gotten to this, and now it's just. I mean, it goes such into a, like a fine tuning, and a lot of it comes down like like. I'm a big, you know, believer in, in, in don't overcoach, right? Why am I going to continuously try to change something, right? I'm getting, it's, at some point in time, it becomes an athletic motion, right? And if you trust your athletic motion, game on, mm. right? It, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody, you know, with a golf instructor on Instagram. It's like being a coach is so much more than, than teaching you how to hit a, hit a golf club. Right. It is, it is giving you the confidence and knowing that you can do it and watching you do it and helping you work through that. Right. And it always goes back. I always say like, look, the more that you're at the top of the leaderboard, the more comfortable you are being there. And the next round, you're going to find that one 10 footer that didn't fall last time. It falls this time. Right. Mm. Cause it's just, it's a little less nervous. Cause you know, next week, if you're playing in that tournament, chances are you're going to be here again. Right. And now it just becomes the norm. I always say, like, when you came for your lesson, you didn't get into your car and say, I need to hit the blinker. I need to turn left. You just got here. Right. You right. just got here. And that's how <laughs> we want your golf swing to be. You just do. It's a reaction. Yeah. So is that what you find normally with with how you teach like a tour caliber player or a lot of my college and like high level, high level players? Some of my tour guys, they, you know, I'd say for the most part, it's more most of the time a mental thing it's like a check-in really? it's just okay. like it's just like a um, a check-in for them a confidence builder for them just really? to know okay. that they see everything because they all like when you get to that level like you were saying like they got the swing they're, right? they're there for a reason you're always going to make adjustments there's always going to be something that goes wrong it's my job to help figure that out do we need to make an adjustment do we need to do an overhaul like you know what do we need to do which is very rare to have to do an overhaul um, sure. they're there you think more about what they're doing right before you look at what you're trying to fix. I think I even saw um, something Sean Foley posted one time about how he overcoached Tiger Woods. Oh, you know, interesting. I mean, you know, he's the greatest player in history. That's a, that's a hard, um, you know, thing to, to be put into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing with Chris Como. Uh, Chris Como was throwing a very broken Tiger Woods at the time. Um, and his job wasn't to make his swing fundamentally sound. His, his job was to let him play the game pain-free. That was the number one priority. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, yeah, when you get to those kind of caliber players, I guess it's, it is those small things, right? It, you yeah. know, I, I kind of look at it like this. Like, like it's try, I'm trying to, like, balance a marble on a piece of board. It's going to go one way, and then it goes back the other way, and it goes back the other way, and you're trying to continually balance in the center. You know, these, these better players are going to have the same tendencies, whether it be I dump it under a little bit or I flip it with my hands or, and it's just kind of moving it, moving it back when I'm coming at, you know, if you have a tendency to come way to the inside and then we're saying, okay, I want you to feel like you're hitting, you know, give me that cut swing and it straightens it out. But then they come back, you know, a month later and their cut swings now a cut swing. And then you're like, okay, we got to feel like we're coming more from the inside. So it's just like finding that balanced kind of move. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, I think Craig, you touched on it. So, like your advice to scoring, it, it varies between the, mid, the you know the mid handicappers, the the tour players, and maybe the beginners. What about? I mean, maybe for both of you, uh, uh, Craig, you first. So, like if you're a beginner, and you're trying to improve, and you you can't seem to you know you know break that certain milestone. Like, is there anything you gravitate to in terms of um, like what you would tell them to do, other than obviously working on your swing, because that. There could be a million tips, but if you don't work on your swing, then you're not going to go lower in that regard. But what do you tell beginners who are struggling and want to, you know, put in some time and they want to go lower? What do you tell them? Hit the center of the face. Start with that. 
Okay. Oh, I, I build straight up, huh? Just I build everything from impact. Okay. That's how I do. They have to have a foundation. Um, everything starts with I teach everything starting with the ground. Okay. Um, a lot of people start messing so many things in their golf swing before they start with basic fundamentals from the ground up. Um, I think like three months ago, Dustin Johnson had mentioned how far he's missing the ball right, and then it was a simple ball placement adjustment. Wow. Um, but you know, I teach at my foundation everything off of impact. You know, I kind of see what their max is as far as how much they can get open. Um, but I get them. I learn. I teach them a good impact position to start. Got it. Okay. So yeah, like sometimes it's not the amount of tips that you come in. You know, to try to score lower. It's just like focusing on like one thing. Yeah. Because if you got too many swing thoughts, you ain't going to score well on the course, right? Sometimes, too, is, again, staying in the moment. You know, I, I can watch people and they get up to hit the ball and, you know, you can count to five by the time they've even moved and they're just locked up in the static position. <laughs> and I was like, they just went through 87 things in their head. Chances are this thing's going 35 yards right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, to the same question that that Craig answered, like beginners, right? Like what I mean, I like what Craig answered, like just you know hit that center of the face, focus on that, focus on that consistency. What about for beginners that that you're teaching? Anything in particular? For, for me, it's very similar. You got you got to have a good impact position. You you need to understand how to you need to understand where the face is, right? If if your face, if you know, I call it turning the doorknob. If you if you immediately rotate those wrists where that club's wide open halfway back, then whatever I do on the way back, I must do on the way down, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be like a mirror, right? So I'm going to have to make so many more adjustments. I want I want I I want the swing to have as as few moving parts as possible. Turn back, turn through. Turn back, turn through. And I want the face halfway down to be pointing at the golf ball. If it is, all I got to do is change direction. That's why, like, anybody that I, like, you know, I always tell them the same thing. If you are struggling, the thought should be halfway back and change direction. Because if you do, it takes those hands from throwing, right? Because that's 95% of what I see is a throw, right? They come in here, hands launch, right? And it's understanding and kind of teaching them a sequence of how do I get my body back to where I started from with that good impact position. Got it. No, yeah, definitely, you know, getting those impact positions, you know, that must be, you know, the tip there because that's what both of you really focus on. So, it, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, it's repeatability, right? Yeah. What can I do the same, right? And if you ask me to flip the face, you know, and then try to go out and shoot something that starts with a six, you know, then maybe one out of 20 of my timing's perfect, right? But if all I got to do is turn it back and turn it through and I can keep that face more stable and it's not rotating nearly as much as it was before, I'm going to have a better opportunity to return that club back to where it started. Got it. Got it. Okay. You know, definitely some good advice there. Uh, one question that I get that I got from my community was saying, you know, what's the best approach to warming up for just, you know, a Saturday round, you know, like, uh, and you have maybe, you know, like 35. To f well, firstly, let's, let's say how much time that should you normally put in before you go to on a round. But then realistically, if you had 30 minutes, what, 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 what you do? So, Craig, maybe maybe hearing from you, what what do you advise people who are gonna go out just for a weekend or for a, a round? What how should they warm up? What do you what do you think? Um, I always start with a short game first. Short game first. Okay. I go around the green. Um, I actually, when I started to practice myself, because uh, Rory eventually started doing it when he started working with Brad Fax, and I tried to reverse my practice schedule to force myself to go work on my short game first. Fair enough. And then Fair I would enough. go work on my long game first, and then right before I go out, I'd hit a few putts, and that way I'd be warmed up. Got it. So you do like a little bit of like chipping and then putting and then yep. hit to the range? Yep. 
And then I go back to the putting green right in my tee off. Got anything specific on the putting green? Or is it kind of like your tip where that baseline basically speed, speed. Speed's my number one priority I'm trying to feel. If I'm in a rush, hit a few uphill, severe. Hit a few downhill, severe. I hit a few flat, get feel, feel for the green. Got it. So, yeah, I think that's pretty – getting a feel for that green – very critical because you can already lose a few strokes on the first hole <laughs> if you don't even know the speed and boom you run it by you're gonna three putt right so very good tip so do you think ideally you know 30 minutes is too short like what do you think like an hour normally for you i mean you personally and what you believe you know what you personally what you do and what you believe people should actually allocate time to before the round could be very but what do you do personally how how long do you give yourself to warm up it depends what's going on um, in my game and what, what i'm working on what my tendencies are lately any adjustments i'm making uh sometimes a rain session might be kind of like what tiger said i my practice session was 60 balls today they're all perfect um and but if i'm you know i feel like I'm, I'm missing something i need a little extra time then i will okay uh, most high caliber players they always always have a routine and they're consistent with it um, i think that's important okay but sometimes there's time adjustments that need to be made God. Okay. Matt, what about you? How do you warm up for a round and, or do you have any suggestions on warming up before, before think, going out? I think for people warming up before the round's going to depend on how many kids they got. It's right? true. Because true. I mean, like maybe they only have five minutes. You know, that, no that's time. it. I, and I'll tell you before I had my son who turns 20 this month, um, I would get there an hour and a half early. I would go through everything. I would chip and I would putt and I would hit golf balls. I'd try to have myself mentally ready and then it'd be like, okay, I'm trying to shoot 68. Right. And then I had my child, and then I would get there five minutes early. I'd hit two drivers off the range. I'd take three putts. And the problem was that I had the same expectation as if I got there an hour and a half early, right? So that's one thing, just giving, understanding what you're going to do when you get there. For me, it, it again, it's always, you know, I start wedged forward. But what, what I'm trying to do is create a level of confidence in myself, Okay. Hit shots that I know I can hit over and over and over again to kind of build it up and then kind of work up from there. I, I'm always 64 degree, and then I go to a putter, then I go to a seven iron, then I go to a four iron, then I'll go to a driver, and then I feel comfortable, right? But like, just know that that again, one of my sayings with my students of if it's not here by now, chances are it's not coming, right? Play what you have today. If you normally hit a three-yard hook and today all you've hit, you've hit 75 five-yard cuts in a row, play the five-yard cut, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Because then we get up there and you're like, oh, I'm going to try to play this three-yard hook and you get a five-yard cut and you're nowhere near the, the hole, right? So, it, it, again, it's just, you know, understanding, um, build, build that confidence from the get-go you know i always want to spend again it always comes down to speed speed is so much more important than than line you know my job is to put the ball on the line that i chose right but i need to have the speed correct got it so yeah i think it's not only are you warming up your mechanics and you know your actual swing but then you're warming up mentally and getting that confidence i feel like like you were talking about course management is like a huge thing right like that a lot of beginners could benefit from um, so yeah, thinking about it, you know, preparing yourself mentally, I think that's something, you know, not a lot of people think about, you know, and, and I'll ask Craig, Craig, how many times you've been on the range before a round and you hit that one iron and you're just like, got it going to be a good day. Right. <laughs> you just, you just felt it. Like everything came together and you're like, that's my feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one more, maybe touching a little bit more on, on course management then, cause I think that's something that was brought up. So create anything course management wise that you advise, you know, uh, like a mid to higher tier 
handicapper to to focus on um, in general to try to shoot better? Anything come to mind? Well, I think some of it depends upon your warm-up, how it went. Sure. If you were hitting a cut that day, then play the cut. Yeah. You can't fit it. There's no time to fix that, okay? You're not a tour player. Okay, you don't. You haven't developed a solid enough foundation to know how to adjust to it right away. Um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, playing multiple types of golf courses, uh, knowing your dispersion left to right, right to left, your height, um, you know, your low point, um, getting familiar with different types of grass. Um, do you, are you a really steep player where when you play like, a, you know, Bermuda grass and the club digs a little easier when you're into the grain, uh, get familiar with that. The range is for, you know, building fundamentals, swing changes, and warming up. Get out on the golf course. You got to play mm. golf. I have a lot of uh, mid-level, and most of my high-level players have something in common, and they all have this thing where they kind of refuse to go out and play until they feel like they're having a, you know, having a stripe show on the range. Oh, um, and that, that's just not how it works. Yeah, so you're more like, yes, range is important, but like that on-course experience, yes. that is like... Get out on the golf course. That is where you learn. That's where you get comfortable, yeah. right? You can hit, you know, ten perfect seven irons, and you get out in the in, in the on the course, and you and you blow it, right? You've got to be able to do it out there, and the only way that you're going to be able to do it out there if you go out there more and and do it. And and the one big thing that I think people do is they 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 focus too much on the score if they're going through a swing change, right? If mm. you're going through a swing change, you better. You know you're gonna hit some shots that aren't gonna do what you want them to do. You're you're changing something. It's gonna take some time. Don't focus on the number. Focus on, on how many good shots that you hit that you did what you wanted, and then build on that. Because if not, you're just gonna frustrate yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it, that's almost like hard for I think the normal weekend warrior kind of golfer to to because you know people get lessons right and they want to do it at the range but you're saying like you can do it you can like practice all the range but if you're not applying it on the course then you're not going to pick it up to completion i feel like right because you know because i feel like when i take a lesson okay yeah i want to really drill it out on the 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 driving range and so I, i can be ready to go on the golf course but you're saying maybe it's you're gonna have to start doing that and there, practicing on the course as well right there's no consequence on the driving range if, if i mm. if i block a seven iron 30 yards right i just scoop another one over and here i go right having a consequence if i block this right it goes in the water if i hit it left it goes in the trees i have to mentally prepare myself for that and be comfortable with that got it got it no great 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 points there so uh yeah appreciate you guys sharing how, how to best prep for you know, that round for all the weekend warriors or people who don't have that much time. I think that's really good insight. I think the main takeaway is getting that confidence built up mentally so you're out prepared to go out there. And I think not fighting what your swing is giving you. And I feel like I see this a lot. It's like people are trying to work on their swings on the sixth hole, like on the tee box. And you're like, hmm, no, you shouldn't probably should be like fighting it. Just play it as you, as you play. And then you kind of be surprised like how well people score if they just play what their swing's giving them instead of just fighting and how do trying get, to do something How do I else. get the ball from here to there in the fewest amount of strokes possible? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. Okay. So I think that uh, you know, wraps up this one. Appreciate, you know, both of your guys' inputs on, you know, your scoring tips and then how to go low and hearing, you know, like the differences between what you guys advise between a mid-handicapper and like maybe – someone that's more tour level that's really appreciative of that insight so i hope you guys enjoyed that one
Uh, keep chasing, and we'll see you guys in the next one.